Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Binge Boys is a podcast that you know you pressed play on and you're listening to right now. Come on, guys. <laughs> Stop lying. They know that they're listening to Binge Boys. My name is Hal Rudnick. Across from me on the Zoom is the naughty boy of streaming, Lon Harris. That's me. They call me the naughty boy of streaming. Uh, Lon, uh, you know, you've watched a lot of shows. Any news from outside of the screens that we're looking at all the time uh, that, have, that, that, that you want to uh, share with us? Any, any dog news or anything? Abortion. They're getting rid of it. Oh, no, that's bad. I don't bad. know if you heard about this. You know this. what? Uh, I, I believe in a woman's You said right you wanted news from outside the world of streaming, oh, Hal. That's life, what I got. From your life, not the depressing. Are you? Oh, 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 I see. Oh, I see. How Rudnick thinks because I'm a man, that news doesn't affect me in my life. I see where you're coming from, Hal. Yeah. We, who cares? Let the ladies fend for themselves, right? Uh, you know what I'm learning today? Lon Smith, staunch ally, staunch ally. Thank you. If you take one thing away, folks, from today's show, Lon cares. Lon's an ally. Lon cares. That, that's that's what you should take and away. Lon you, cares. You can hear more of Lon cares behind our paywall. Maybe too much. I don't know. Do you care so much that it hurts? Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and it's just like uh, another day of giving my all for this world. Am I up to it? Yes, I am. I take a moment to dig deep, and then you know, and then I find my inner inner strength. His heart and then I is can big fight enough, day. folks. His heart is big enough. Ah, oh, there's a whole world that fits inside that heart. <laughs> we and we could explore it the entire episode, but we've got a, a plenty to get. I to. mean, here's what I'll say: if you don't want to hear about news about the world outside of streaming because it's so grim. Don't don't ask next time. That would be my that would be my suggestion. Noted. I'm I will never ask again. You can't take the heat. Get out of the newsroom. I, I there's there's one As Harry Truman there, there's said. one type of news that I prefer to get from you and that's streaming news. Da 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 da. Oh, okay. Right. Da 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 news with Lon. So Paramount Plus got an abortion. No, I'm just kidding. That, would, that wouldn't make even wouldn't even make sense in this kind of in this kind of context. Uh, Amazon's Jack Ryan, the, you know, you know the John Krasinski. Oh, he yeah. loves the CIA. Formerly uh, played you know, by uh, Harrison Ford. Was once played by Harrison Ford. Chris Pine. Has been played Did Chris by, Pine uh, play him? 
Uh, yes, I believe he did. He was the shadow recruit. That's correct. Uh, there's two more. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Uh, uh, you're going to name all the Jack Ryans. Yeah, if you're going to name all the Jack Ryans, let's do it. Let, let's... Very prominent one you're missing. Uh, maybe the greatest of all Jack yes, Ryan the movies. the very first, Groucho Marx. Groucho Marx played? No, it was not no? Groucho. Oh. Do you not remember who played Jack Ryan in The Hunt for Red October? Oh, Alex Baldwin. Sean Connery. Alec Baldwin. It's Alec Baldwin, yes. that's correct. And then lastly, The Sum of All Fears. Ooh. We got a different Jack Ryan. Do you remember that Jack Ryan? Uh, Morgan Freeman plays Abbott, his his, uh, his contact, the, of the head of the CIA, I believe, at that point. Let's say it together. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. It's Ben Affleck. Yes. You're right. That's the one where a nuclear bomb explodes. I believe it's in like like in Cleveland oh, or Pittsburgh. Oh, I hate or... it when that happens. An entire American city decimated, and you don't even remember the film. Oh. Anyway, Amazon's Jack Ryan will conclude after its upcoming fourth season. So th season three has been made, but it has not debuted yet. They're going to start working soon on season four. Then it's going to end. But bye bye. we're thinking Amazon's already thinking spinoff. So in season three, Michael Pena is going to join the cast as Domingo Ding Chavez. Uh -huh. Ding. Ding is the nickname. You know how all those Latin guys, they're named Domingo, but they go by Ding. That's a common no, thing that I happens don't know in the that, world. Ron. Tell me more about You know, that. we all know 30 guys named Ding, obviously. But anyway, this guy named Ding, he is, this is a... If you are a Clancy head, Ding Chavez is a well-known character to you. He was an army veteran who joined the CIA. He ends up as the executive officer of the Rainbow Six unit, Hal, the famed Tom Clancy Rainbow Six unit. Not familiar, but that's the, the all, that's the LGB, is that, that's the LGBT unit. Yes, they're the they're the they're the gay uh, Tom Clancy CIA covert black ops unit. I yes. love how progressive that is. They, you know what they say, Tom Clancy, the true ally. I I I've got nothing on on old man Clancy. I mean, some some think of Clancy as uh, some like you know old jingoistic uh, rah rah America writer. No, he is just an ally. A progressive. Yeah, a lot of people think Amistad Maupin wrote Tales of the City. It was a, it was in fact a, an idea that came from Tom Clancy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the, the famous. <laughs> I like the idea. Amistad Maupin and Tom Clancy. I like the idea of those two having like a like a C.S. Lewis, J.R.R. Tolkien friendship, where they were like, <laughs> "Let me send you a few pages of what I'm working on." Uh, you know, like there's characters in each one based on the other guy. They would yeah. courier pages back and forth across town. Yeah. Anyway, jo Pena's going to join Jack Ryan at the end of season three as Ding Chavez. Then he'll co-star in season four. And then Amazon's going to see maybe he gets his own show after this. Very in-demand guy, Michael Pena. Right oh, now. Michael, Michael Pena's uh, here, there, and everywhere. Was in, the, in Moonfall. I saw him in Moonfall recently. Tom and Jerry. <laughs> That's right. He's in that Tom and Jerry movie. Chips. All the all the great ones. All the big all the big stuff. All the great stuff. Uh, moving on. Yeah. Unless you've got more to say about, you don't seem to have much to say about Tom Clancy or Jack Ryan. Uh, Not a fan. I'm picking up. You, you know what? Um, I, I I haven't uh, I, I haven't taken in uh, much of it, but I know it's a thing that, uh, and I you know here's to it, it, here's yeah. to Tom Clancy. Great. <laughs> 
NBC renewed Law and & Order and Law & Order Organized Crime for additional seasons next year, which means that this, this is remarkable. All nine of Dick Wolf's current TV seasons got picked up for new seasons over two different networks. There's Law & Order, Law & Order Organized Crime, and Law & Order SVU. Those are all on NBC. Whoa. There's also the One Chicago series, you know, Chicago Med and Chicago PD and Chicago Fire. Those are all also on NBC. Plus, CBS has three FBI shows, Most Wanted, International, The Main FBI. This is this is too many shows for one man. He Somebody should take some of these away. Uh, he, he, But you know what? Dick Wolf loves a man in uniform or a woman in no, uniform. No one man should have all of this, uh, all this power. Right? I mean, the, the, the syndication dollars, he's getting that mailbox money hand over fist. Yeah. Checks. And, it's, and it's just, it's. And it's just, it's all, it's all that same, like, it's all copaganda. It's all it, like, yes. look at the, the brave, the brave men and women of the FBI are here to serve. Like, oh it God. It's propaganda. Was... And that, that, you know, I'm glad you bring that up because um, that genre, you know, the shine came, we, one would have thought, or it seemed like the shine came off the, the bloom came off the rose, the shine came off the apple a little bit in the wake of 2020. And we do have yeah. shows like, like just spawned directly from the, uh, the, the reckoning, the racial reckoning that this country has been going through. Um, you have something like We Own the City. <laughs> a little different, a little different take. We own the city in Law and Order. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We own the city. <laughs> like night and day, night and day, really. Yeah, like we own the city is is directly delving into bad policing, and it's yeah. I mean, I I think I think the way Law and Order, I think Dick Dick Wolf shows in particular get around this mm -hmm. because they're not they're not the usual dramas about these characters. Like when we used to think of a cop drama, it was like Hill Street Blues or, uh, you know, like NYPD Blue or The Shield. Yes. Where you're like, you're getting to know the cops. It's about them and their lives and their relationships. And then also there are cop stories. And the Dick Wolf shows, there are these pure procedurals. So it really is on some level like reading a mystery. Like they're cops, but they're just... They're they're just placeholders. They're just they're the detectives and the you know like it, well, it, it's 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 a format. Yeah, and so it I is. think that it's easy to watch. Like I still can watch a lot. I don't love cops in the cop genre, but I can watch a Law and Order episode because it's just like, well, that's not a DA. That's Sam Waterston. You know, like it 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 it, it is what it is every week, and it's very comforting in that familiarity. Yes, and here's the thing: if Ice T, who Famously, with his band Body Count, had a song called mm. Cop Killer. Yeah. Can play a cop. Uh, he can find it within himself to play, actually be a cop uh, now at this point. I'll tell you what career. that is. It's it's just world-class acting is what that is. That That's it. Because if you it's took just, him aside. He disappears. He would still, like, he would still espouse the same views as he was yeah. as he, that he well, had as a younger man singing cop killer but i mean now the man he, is a comedian the man is a chameleon you turn on svu you're not looking at i see you're looking at uh, detective odafin tutuola mm -hmm. and then if you put on uh what, what what's it what's his show ice and coco yeah I yeah so. and then if you put on ice and coco you see another side of the man the family man so you've got the cop killer just you've got layers, the tv just detective. layers you've got the family <laughs> man 
who could sum up T in 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 just a few words? If you're listening to us in your car, maybe pull over and join us in a round of applause for Ice T. I'm not clapping. That's just how clapping. Ice T knows how I feel. Dick Wolf, nine shows. Nine shows. So like you just uh, you know an, an obscenely rich man at this point too. Think about that. Like one big network show that gets into syndication that runs for a decade that that that's it that's you're on easy street that's like larry david money and you don't have to worry about it this guy's got nine shows on the air folks this guy makes uh like this guy sees uh shonda rhymes at the commissary and he's like keep working at it shonda you'll make it someday you know yeah seriously this is yeah like like 50 Cent just like threw up when he read this, like got sick all over himself. And that guy's got, you know, he's got natural water money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is that? What is that crap he sells? I, I don't know. I don't know. But I'll take your I'll take your. Oh, come on. What's the what's the 50 Cent water that he uh, made all his money on? Uh, you know this. Powerade. Now, vitamin water. Vitamin water. Vitamin yes, water. yes. He made, uh, yeah, the Coca-Cola company acquired vitamin water for $4.1 billion in 2007. 50 Cent thought to have walked away with somewhere between 60 and and $100 million, folks. Wow. From that vitamin water deal. Wow. Uh, yeah, sorry. Because 50 said he agreed, to, he, he agreed to be their, their like, spokesman. Remember, he was selling vitamin water for years, but he took a chunk of the company instead of just getting paid off. And, and hence a, a very wealthy man. You now t- now the producer of Power, BMF, many other stars shows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You too could sell vitamin water if you invested in vending machines, Lon, like I've been telling you for years. <laughs> I think I think the easier thing for me would be to just get, get really muscular and cut and then record uh, several successful hip-hop albums. I think that... Then you're in a position to sell some vitamin water. You remember when 50 Cent uh, hung upside down at the Super Bowl and everyone's like, oh, uh, 50 Cent uh, must have been tough for you to get up there. And people were people were I know, ragging I, on 50 I feel Cent. Like people didn't, I feel like people didn't really appreciate that that was also a reference to the video yes. from that song where he was hanging upside down in, in, in the club, if you will. 50 Cent, he'd make a good detective on one of those shows. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I would buy fifty. Oh, I'd buy him. I'd buy him as a detective. All right. What? Do you, let us know in the comments what you think. Is should Fifty Cent play a detective instead? I mean, is it? Do you say? Does it sound very white of me? I feel like it says like when I call him Fifty Cent. It's Fifty. Fifty Cent. That sounds even whiter somehow. It does. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's no good as a white. As a white man, you just can't even refer to his name without sounding. Oh, like you mean half dollar? I, do. I love half dollar. <laughs> Silver dollar rap man. <laughs> Lionsgate is going to team with Amazon Studios for a new sequel to the 2018 mystery comedy A Simple Favor. That film starred Anna Kendrick as a mommy vlogger. She makes a glamorous new friend. 
played by Blake Lively in a series of pantsuits the internet went crazy for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Blake Lively's character goes missing, and Anna Kendrick sort of takes up the investigation. Uh, both Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively coming back for this new film, along with original screenwriter Jessica Scharzer and director Paul Feig. If you want to go back and check out the original A Simple Favor, been a few years now, it is streaming for free on Tubi. So Very nice. Yeah, easy I was to go catch surprised up. Uh, by that film. It's a fun movie. Yeah, it's it's a, you know, I, it's one of those that I, it, after reading this, I had to like kind of work for a second to be like, remember it. Like right. I remember that I saw it, and I remember that everybody went crazy for all those Blake Lively outfits, and that was sort of the meme was how how good Blake Lively looks in the movie and how well dressed and and sort of how all the aesthetics around her character that people really liked, but. It, I, I, it, I'm, I'm going to have to revisit it before I watch the new one. Sure. It's still, it's, I'm, it's starting to fade a little bit from my mind, but I remember like Yeah, I could use a tad of a refresher, but yeah, I, I, I definitely liked it. And it, it fe- initially, You know, it's there's like, twists. It's one of those where it's funny. It starts off as like a dark comedy, but then there's like several twists and it does kind of take a more sort of serious turn right towards the end. Yeah. I remember that. It, it transcends the genre. It, it, it it's like it, it's if you gave it a chance, you'd be uh, handsomely rewarded. Let's move on. HBO Max ordered a series based on Anon Please. It's Anon P L S, like they say it on the internet. Anon Please, the forthcoming debut novel from Daix Moi. That's the anonymous founder of the Instagram celebrity gossip account. That account has over 1.5 million followers. How thanks, Ma. Uh, the story of this show, basically a fictionalized version of the origin story of the social media account. It's about a former stylist who starts her own IG account dedicated to sharing celebrity gossip that then blows up and things immediately spiral out of her control. Greg Berlanti and Sarah Schechter are going to executive produce there. Of course, the duo behind all those CW... DC Comics shows, Greg Berlanti, almost a Dick Wolfian level oh, of yeah. success Super at producing producer, at this point. Greg Berlanti. Uh, so that's coming to HBO Max. It's sort of, you know, sort of the, the gossip blog, social media, how-to series. Oh, so, yeah. So what's the gist of the series going to be? Is it kind of, is it going to be like a, ga- is well, it going to be like is not out or is it going to be like. No, no, yeah. not TMZ. Think about it. It's, it's cause it's one person. It's. This former stylist who knows a lot of celebrities and is plugged into the world of celebrity gossip is going to start this social media account where she shares memes and funny jokes and pictures of famous people with snarky commentary. And then it blows up and becomes a huge popular hit. And suddenly her life spirals out of control in all sorts of ways, as you could imagine. You know, like she's suddenly getting all of this attention. It's it's both promising and new opportunities. And now all of these people hate her, who she's spreading gossip about. And people are trying to figure out who she is. And I mean, I'm, I'm guessing because it's based on a book that's not out yet. The book doesn't come out until November. Gotcha. So it's a dramatization. So no one has her, read the book. So we're all guessing. It sounds pretty autobiographical right. to me. And I mean, that makes sense. Like a lot of the people who became famous from running a social media account or reality TV, then you're, you know, your novel, like Snooki, remember Snooki? Yes. Snooki, Jersey after the Shore. Jersey Shore wrote, she wrote a novel that was, a, you know, basically about being Snooki, but it was a fictionalized version, you know, makes it I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you straight away, Lon, do you enjoy Celebrity Dish? Not, I mean, not enough to like follow it. Like, I don't, it's not one of the things I keep up with, but like, you know, 
I mean, I'll 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 check out a story if people are if people are talking about sure. it. I will tell you, you, you that you keep your finger much, on the pulse. Well, much like true crime, there is an aspect of it that is like I don't. We've all kind of uh, uh, the Amber Heard Johnny Depp stuff is a good example of like everybody kind of made this decision that like we're going to follow this every day like a news story and we're going to make like memes and it's going to become like a cultural thing. And I find that creepy. Like, I don't, it's a, it's a, even if, even, I'm not even saying who you believe or what, like whether you believe Amber Heard or you believe Johnny Depp or you believe neither of them or you believe both of them, it's a trial about people abusing one another yes. and about this very dysfunctional relationship and about mental illness and I just it's just not funny and it's not cool and it's not the sort of thing that I think is fun to talk about and I think that's weird but when it's like yesterday and it's everybody just like did you know that the guy from Grey's Anatomy shows his dick in this Broadway play and they're all talking about it oh, like yeah. yeah you know Jesse that, Walters I don't, or was who, that who, Jesse Williams Jesse yeah. Williams and it's like well sure I, I yeah people are gonna talk about that what the, what the hell why not uh, sure. I, 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 I get the comparison to true crime because in as much as, oh, our entertainment is exploiting people and, um, and ex exploiting the victims oftentimes. Right. Like we, we kind of 10 years ago made this cultural decision. Like it's a little creepy to fixate on real murders, but we like it. So we're going to do it. Yeah. And now we're all kind of like on the same page that like, well, it's not great, but like we all like it. So, and I feel like like the the Depp Heard stuff is kind of like that. Like, well, it is weird to follow a trial like this in this way, but we all are really interested, so we're gonna just do it. And I I, I don't know if I'm totally on board. Yeah, That's no, we 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 live in a you know it's a sick perverse world where like we we just can't get enough of people's people's misery, people's truth. But I gotta yeah, say, I, just wish, I, like, I, if, I I I I enjoy a little a little taste of the of, of the a little taste of the dish every now and again. I can't help it, Lon. Yeah. I just I would like people to take away from this show that I'm one of the good ones and you're kind of a creep. I mean I think that's really the takeaway here. I'm a baddie, I am I'm a baddie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All creeps are British. That's what we're trying to say. Here, oh, I'm a baddie. Yeah, and I'm, that's, uh, if that's you can, the message. If you, if you can picture this, everyone, I'm I'm wiggling my fingers and scowling. Ooh, oh, my yeah, I don't know what oh, wiggling yeah. his fingers like. You know how evil guys wiggle their fingers. Yes. You know how they, you know how that is. Uh, Shudi Gatwa has been cast as the 14th incarnation of Doctor Who. That will make him the very first black man in history to play the lead role. Or so you'd think if you read a lot of the mainstream media. But I would like to point out Peter Davison, who played the fifth Doctor, was of mixed race himself. He had, a, he had one black parent and one white parent. So Shudi Gatwa still nothing to take away from his landmark casting. Yes. An important moment. Uh, but but uh, not just the a, first a small correction. Person of color. Not the first person of color. Exactly. There was there there, there has been a mixed race doctor. Shudi Gatwa will be joining as the fourteenth incarnation. Now Jodie Whittaker, our thirteenth doctor, she has one more outing as the doctor to go. Uh, she and Chris showrunner Chris Chibnall are going to wrap up their run at the end of this year, and then next year, Russell T Davies, who was the showrunner back when the show first relaunched in the aughts, he's coming back. And he's going to do this new season with Shudi Gatwa as your fourteenth doctor. So, and you found this out by you did a, you've done a twenty three in me on every doctor. 
Isn't that correct, Lon? That I, yes, I paid a private detective to investigate the personal backgrounds of everyone who's ever played the doctor. And not only the number doctors, we're talking, I'm including holiday specials, one-offs, mm -hmm. radio plays, comics, anybody. Anybody who's been the doctor, I'm looking deep into their background. And Just you- for no, for no reason I'm willing to share. You, uh, yes, uh, maybe to be revealed later, but you used, oft, oft times, nefarious means to acquire their DNA. I wouldn't say very it's it's more like it, you know like in spy movies where they'll like get the guy to drink a glass of water and then later they'll come put the water into a plastic bag and seal it up yes. and take it to the lab. It's like that kind of stuff. It's a lot of clandestine cloak and dagger. Like I said, nefarious, nefarious. I mean, means. listen. I'm deeply into spycraft. I feel like the audience knows that by now. We don't have to go back over. Oh, this. you love going to those stores that have like little hidden cameras and pens that have recording devices and all sorts just, of stuff. Just yeah, just night right, vision constantly goggles. Constantly recording everybody. Oh. That's yeah. That's me. That's it for the news, Hal. That's all I got. Oh. That's that's it. That that's it. Not a lot. Not a lot of news today. Shut C your hole. Coming up. Coming up. Uh, oh, we're not gonna uh, we're not gonna talk about the various scandals of of Holly. You know, I'm a gossip hound. Oh, you know what? You're you're right. We wanted. Uh, we'll 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 talk about that. We'll, we'll, one more news story before we quit. Frank Langella. I think we mentioned once before. Frank Langella has been fired from the Netflix limited series, The Fall of the House of Usher. Uh, it was uh, there was. He, he, he's now, he's basically come out and told his version of the story. He wrote a, uh, he wrote an editorial for Deadline about what happened in cancel culture. It starts with, I have been canceled just like that. Yep. Um, so in his version, and th th again, I, this is his own description of it. There was a love scene with him and a younger actress because he's playing Roderick Usher, this old wealthy man. He's got a younger wife. First there, off, he, he did first not say. Off, uh, I'm sorry for that woman who had to do a love scene with 85 year old Frank Langella. So we don't know what actor this is. He's not. He's not specified. It is worth pointing out that this is a Mike Flanagan production. Yes, and. A lot of the actresses Hill who work House, on these are House, et regulars. Midnight, They're in a Midnight lot of his Mass. stuff. Your, your Carla, y'all, y'all done? <laughs> I was letting people know who <laughs> Mike Flanagan was more, just in case. So anyway, Mike Flanagan works on a lot of projects with the, with the same actresses. Your Carla Gaginos. He's married to Kate Siegel, who's in a lot of her stuff. Uh, and so, you know, this might be somebody that we know. Like, I, I, this might be a regular from other Mike Flanagan productions that 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 Langella did this with. We don't we don't know. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bark. Oh no, now that's okay. Quiet. That's okay. Now I feel bad. Uh, no, not at all. Not <laughs> at all. Uh, so I was reading his statement, and I just find it right. so a, a, like beyond. Like this guy has the, the, the time has passed him by. He he he's. With his point of view, uh, so uh, let, okay. Here, let, if I could quote it, it I, I have it right here in front of me. I would love to. I was just gonna say, even in his own version of it, he says he he basically is already crapping on the idea of having an intimacy coordinator. He's like, oh, we had to listen. We we didn't work it out with the intimacy coordinator, and I even told the intimacy coordinator that this was absurd. And he basically he doesn't like the whole idea. He thinks that a love scene between two actors should just be improvised, and they should just do what they feel in the moment for maximum realism, and that's the only way to do a love scene. And this actress wanted to work with this intimacy coordinator and work out 
I'll do this, you'll do this, I'll do this, then we'll do this, and he didn't like that, and so he touched her leg in a way that was not blocked and approved with the intimacy coordinator. The actress freaked out and walked off set. Right. And uh, he just wanted to go after it willy-nilly, like the good old days. And Yeah, it's really, you know what it reminded me of is, you remember Jeff Garland when he got in trouble? Yes. And fired from the Goldbergs, and he was like, I gotta say vagina on set all the time. That's my process. I say vagina. Yeah. And uh, he, he made a lot of and, outbursts and this me, that were off-putting to yeah, the Yeah, it was literally, he, he likes to yell the word vagina. He thinks it's very funny. Mm-hmm. It's part of his comedy process. And women on the set of the show didn't really love this guy yelling the word vagina and asked him to stop. And that was one of the real things that led to Jeff Garland being fired from the Goldbergs. And that's what a little bit this reminded me of is it's just like, I get that the new way of doing things may not be the way that these guys like, you know, like it might have been a better working environment for them years ago when they could yell vagina or they could touch people's legs and nobody could say crap to them. Like, I take them at their word that that was their preferred way of working. But it's so weird to go into a workplace and be like, I get to do my process. No one else. Like, imagine if you or I went to any workplace and were like, look, I can only write comedy if I'm naked. You know, like, like, of course, you're like... I have to yell and have outbursts. I have to scream at people and throw things in, in order to get my job done. Like, nobody would listen to that. Yeah, he these, uh, it's, the world is evolving. These guys are not. And uh, they will die on the vine. That is it. Yeah, and I mean, like, look, I, you know, Frank, Frank Langella is a great, a great actor. And he... He, he, he's trying to make, you know, he's really trying to make you feel guilty with this thing, too, because he's like, this was going to be my swan song. This was going to be my grand goodbye. He wants to make us, like, upset, like, oh, we're going to miss this great. And it's just like, look, man, like, I, I, I know you're an artist and you're an actor, but it's a workplace. Like, I just, I don't get how there's this disconnect. Like, if, if you are such a pure artist and you need your art to be exact and specific and has to be made under these specific terms, like, well, then you need to figure out a way to do it on your own. You can't go to this set with hundreds of other people. That's a collaborative environment. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so uh, we'll, you'll always have uh, Frost Nixon. You'll always have Frost Nixon. <laughs> That's the first time anybody's ever said the phrase, well, we'll always have Frost Nixon. He was very good In, like, that. a comforting way. He's a great actor. I don't mean to imply he's not a great actor. We'll always have Skeletor in Masters of the Universe. Kind of an angry, fired up guy. Uh, All right. Now that that we've talked about Frank Langella's busy hands, that's it for the news. (laughs) (laughs) Um, By the way, uh, Travis, please name this episode Frank Langella's Busy Hands. Sorry about my busy hands. Coming up. We've got special guests and more. Lon, we're in luck today. We have two guests who are huge fans of pop culture and TV and streaming, just like we are. And they are here to talk about a show that has apparently been running forever in the UK. I would like to welcome Andy Bobrow and Andy Stanton, and these gentlemen are the hosts of the Tumblr's Willie podcast about the show Tumblr's Willie. Gentlemen, welcome. 
Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. How lovely to be here with you. I I guess my first question for you guys, because I did a little research before the show. Mm. Where can you stream Tumblr's Willie? Mm. Mm. In the U.S.? Because I know Uh. it's U.K. widely available. In the U.S., a little tough to track down. Very hard to to find. In fact, I first discovered it. I think it, well, what used to be the case, and it may be different now, but it used to be you could only see it on Air Canada flights mm-hmm. uh, between oh, Los wow. Angeles and Toronto. Uh, that right, may have changed. It may have become less available since since I first. Was it, I, I was heard, it an I, Air Canada production? Did Air Canada produce well, the show? No, well, no, no. They they wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they, they they could they they couldn't stand it, but apparently, I, I think a, a woman accidentally signed something in the early eighties, and they were they were obliged to show it for a long time. It's an old it's an old Commonwealth wow. law that uh, sort of sort of forces their hand. They have to. Yeah. They kind of have to. Yeah. There, there was a, a certain clause that wasn't to their advantage, and uh, it, it ran almost constantly on Air Canada. So that was what when when Andy and I first. Uh, became friends. We were working on a show together for Nickelodeon, and I was amazed that you knew it at all, Andy. But it was from all those constant Air Canada flights you used to take. Well, I I ended up traveling a lot more than I needed to, uh, just because mm-hmm. I kept binge. I needed to binge the show, and it became very expensive. And, and I, I believe it, you ne- you ne- you never actually set foot on Canadian soil beyond the airport. You would just travel back and forth. No, yeah, yeah. It used to be. It used to be. They would say, "Sir, you have to get off the plane." And then after, a, a, you know, after several episodes, they were like, "Okay, we know what you're doing. Right. Uh, you can just stay and, and keep watching." They were happy that's, to have my money. That's an right. amazing dedication to the show. Yeah. Uh, well, and well, apparently, and there's a lot seeing Winnipeg, which is a beautiful part of the country. I mean, right? Well, but yeah, but, well hours. beautiful mm. part of the country. But then, I mean, if you've got a good TV show you're into. Winnipeg right. does sort of right. tend to fall down oh, by the wayside if you've ever seen Tumblr's Willie, which sad to say you gentlemen have not. We, yeah, so I, I, can't, I can't sound familiar. I, apparently, it's been on for many years. How many, many episodes or seasons have there been? Oh, well, gosh, it's, it's, it started in 1902 as a radio show on the BBC, uh, which was uh, 20 years before radio began. And... Uh, it was very successful right from the off. I mean, there was a funny story about the uh, the early episodes, Andy, which you might want to share with this this gentleman. Uh, uh, well, it was a, there was a huge build up to the first episode uh, because uh, there, there was a I guess you could say there was a hunger. There was a hunger for for something new, a, f- and a starvation. I was a starvation, saying. basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, since and the technology didn't exist for several decades, especially because yeah, I mean, there would be a, it, a groundswell. Yep. Oh, yep. P- people yep. knew they were missing something. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've estimated that what what percentage of of the UK were were tuned to their to their uh, radio. They weren't oh, called radios back then. Well, but well they, 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 they said uh, they, well they've had to think about it, and they say it was a hundred percent actually. It was a hundred percent. And then the by the second, but yeah, yeah, and by the second episode, it was it had I doubled. Think it was right. it had practically doubled. So because yeah. it had started to catch on. It had started to catch on, and yeah, the, so. yeah, yeah. But they they uh, they tuned in, and they uh, they were all ready to hear this newfangled uh, show. And they nothing. There was no sound. It was it was a full hour of complete silence, um, because they mm. had simply forgotten to to hire an engineer. Oh, um, but but well, that's that's what broke the show. Really, they went crazy for it. They went they crazy for it. They loved it. They could not get enough. Yeah, because yeah. because we we like that sort of. I think. 
lack of fulfillment in Britain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if it was no, if it was a radio show, it, yeah. was, it was an hour of, of so it, it was basically just dead air. It was just silence. Well, you said no, 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 no. It wasn't dead air. Mm. Come on, it was Tumblr's Willie. But what what is the difference between Tumblr's Willie and just just quiet? Mm. Mm. I mean, books have been written about this. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, we have maybe a good tagline for the news. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I take uh-huh. your point, but it also makes me furious. If that how, is that any help? <laughs> okay, I mean, I think most <laughs> of my points on this show are actually like that. So that's <laughs> but it uh, has that I effect mean, on me. What? Yeah, we, 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 we should stress, you know, that, it, that there was uh, it was only the first two episodes which were uh, completely mm-hmm. silent. After the third episode, by contrast, featured every sound ever recorded. Wow! And then that's I think. Uh, yeah, it, they wanted to do so. They wanted to mix it up, so they they re, they featured. I think it was two hours ever every sound ever recorded, and then ninety minutes of the man barking like a dog. Mm-hmm. So well, then, wildly see, experimental. I mean, that feels wow. more like a that's, show. I, I, yes. Well, it's, now, so you're, you're starting to get about, it. And so uh, today, yeah. when yeah. if I turn on Tumblr's Willie today, right. it does. It has both sound and imagery. I'm well, you would. Well, you'd watch yes. it on what we call a television these days over here. And, okay, uh, so it's, it's more like a conventional TV TV. Show. In some ways, yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely evolved. It's gone through a lot of different uh, phases. There, for 50 years, between 1902 and 1952, uh, it, uh, there was a phase known as the 50-year everything, in which it was neither a radio show nor a television show, but it was simply... Well, how everything. would you put it? Everything. everything. It was everything that happened. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there were people who thought they were just living their lives and going through world wars and such, but there were other people who who understood this is actually an episode of Tumblr's. Like Wait, a re- so, almost so- like a, the first reality show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very much so. Yeah, but I like but wow. on a global on a global scale, whether you were aware of it or not, you were participating in you know. Did you that. say world wars were part of the plot of this show? Yeah. Oh, world yeah. wars were, yeah, yeah. And some of Is the there a headlines. specific world war that was yeah. part of Yeah, everything that happened, like my, my grandma making love with my grandpa, that was part of the show she used to. Uh, I talk, did, I did. Tell me I, about that. I with, heard about that. It's that, yeah. a great episode. Oh, you had, so, so it was so, a great episode. Classic one. Yeah, that's it, was a, it was an instant classic. Yeah. Now, now yeah, sp- yeah. like speaking of all of these d- differ, differentiating moments and yeah, odd, yeah. like uh, amalgamation of things, if you could just give uh, for those unfamiliar, including myself, what's the plot? What is the gist? Oh, God. Uh, uh, how do you describe is, it? Wow. I mean, how do you scri- describe anything would be my answer to that. Mm. It ha- it has gone through several iterations. I can mm. I can tell you that uh, mm. it, the show certainly keeps reinventing itself. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, the, uh, I, I mean, oh, I mean w- w- when it jumped to TV in the fifties, it became more of what you'd probably call a, a conventional show about a small you know life in a small British village. The, the titular character, um, Tumblr, yeah, the Tumblr himself. Oh, this that's an interesting story. How they yeah. introduced the the title character, uh, Tumblr. They were very careful. They 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 had seen other shows uh, by now by the late fifties had had you know had had shown up and and they they the the writers and the director they just wanted to they didn't want to do the same old same old because this show is constantly reinventing itself. So they decided Tumblr the title character shouldn't be in the show uh, at, at the beginning. And so they they very carefully, he appeared initially. What year was it, Andy? Fifty. I, th- I think it was about fifty. Yeah, fifty-seven or so. And it, 
And he just but appeared it, in the background as a, as a small speck. And then over the course of probably 10 years, hmm. he got closer and closer to camera. Right. So you could make him out by probably about 1962 as a natural man. Mm. Mm. And, and, yeah. and Britain went crazy the, you know, when, they, when they first figured out, oh, that's, that's a but, man. Yeah. And so well, every scene, no matter where it was set, Tumblr would be in the, in the far distance or yeah, yeah, in yeah. certain scenes. Uh, it, it wasn't every scene that would, that would I mean, because some of them it's were strange. indoors. If there, if there was yeah. a, a window in shot and they were indoors, maybe you could see him in the mid-distance. Characters would, would anybody ever acknowledge him? Like, oh, yes, who's, that, who's that man way that, back there? Yes, like, yes they would. Yes, they him. would. They would. And then, you know, they, they would, in fact, say, oh, it looks like Tumblr's out for a stroll in the mid-distance. Well, I mean, you've got to build up anticipation, right? I mean, that's, that's how you keep your audience coming back. A, it's mm-hmm, a dance, mm-hmm. Lon. It's a dance with the audience. That's right. Yeah. It's, a it's very much. Sort of um, right. I think what yeah. we call um, what we call over here a pas a deux. Mm. Mm. Okay. So Which many believe- of the conventions, you know, the TV show. It's it's no one thinks twice about it now. If a TV show takes ten or twelve years to introduce a character, but back then it hadn't been done before. Right. It it it, it was it was groundbreaking. It, it was it was fresh. It was tedious. I, I gotta come back it was to this. You're, you're making this sound very appealing. So, where is this show available? How can I get my hands on a copy if I want to check it out? And yeah, you have DVD, to start from the very beginning when well, it's silence, or can I jump I, in to a more oh, recent season? That, that's an interesting question. I mean, you, you, yeah, you're welcome to jump in uh, like a shallow dilettante, but I would recommend that you actually go back and listen to. I, I, I would, I would, I would try and go do it the from start. the get go. Yeah, catch yeah, up yeah. on a hundred. Well, because ca- uh, like, is there 122 an episode, like, if years of it? To, if you talk to another British inst- about another British institution, Doctor Who, people yeah. can do. Um, and here's an episode where you can uh, kind of jump in and you're up to speed. Wait, like, there's how? Doctor Who? That doesn't. That doesn't sound like a real show. Are, I haven't heard of that one. Up? I don't. I've That's never not ringing any bells. He's a doctor, but then his name is. His who? name is. Who? What, what's the uh, point I, of that? Okay, now I, I'm frankly I'm surprised, Lon, that uh, that this show has escaped you. Don't but, come uh, on to our podcast where we inform people about television and then make things up about ridiculous fake shows about doctors and yeah, I don't I d- know yeah. their names. It's, right, right. It's just oh, my bad, my it, bad. It, 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 like so, sorry. It's called Doctor Who. Yes. I get, I, okay, so my first reaction to that would be like, it doesn't sound unintriguing. Mm. So he's he, mm. what, he's like a guy who works maybe like tumblers in a small village, and but no one uh, is it is it that everyone else in the village has got amnesia and they don't know who he is and he has to kill? Is that it? Oh, oh n- n- no, That's no, my he's, guess. he's a he's a time traveling. Oh, okay, uh, mm. yeah, that sounds good. Mm. Time traveling. It sounds a little derivative. Yeah, it's a. Did they uh, introduce mean, him in the show right away, or did they take their time? Like, uh, yeah, he's uh, the the titular character was there right from the get go. Oh, but they we digress t- here. They, they have a titular character as well. Mm. Yes, yes. The oh, well, that's doctor, well, that is derivative of Tumblr's, which also has a deriv- uh, uh, a titular character. So they've they've taken that right out of the Tumblr's t- playbook. I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. its sphere it's of influence uh, knows no bounds. Now, let me ask Very you this: true. Are there any? There's so many esteemed British actors that mm. are so well-respected. Who ha- have any of the greats, any of the sirs or the dames made uh, any appearances well, mm. um, I would, in Tumblr's Willie? 
uh, I, I, they, they've uh, they've had all sorts of. Uh, uh, it's really made a lot of people's careers over the years over here, and it's also broken a lot of people's careers. I think some of the most successful actors really benefited from not being in the show, wouldn't you say, Andy? Uh, many of them, yeah. They'll put that on their. Uh, they'll put that on their. <laughs> Did like, like, you guys like, hear that chime just now? Oh, never mind. I had a chime in my ear. Oh, hmm. how, how was that for you? <laughs> it, it was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It, 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 there is there is that old expression. It's better to have not been on tumblers than have been in anything. Yeah, and that, like I, I believe um, Colin Firth has on his uh, on his uh, resume, you know, did not appear in tumblers from 1998 to 2012. So people will happily say that. Mm, uh, mm. You know, we did have some. I mean, there were some famous directors. Uh, we could talk about um, mm, absolutely uh, uh, Niles Turpington, who was the, the oh director. Nate, Nate, Nate Turpington, you silly! Oh, <laughs> look at you, <laughs> <laughs> Niles Turpington, Doctor Who. Touche. Ouch. Nate uh, Nate Turpington, the director of Tumblers in the in the 60s, they you know the the show had become by the late 50s or early 60s the show had become sort of stale. Mm. Uh, the the producers at the BBC were looking to sort of tap into the new youth movement, um, and they they uh, they hired this this young hotshot Nate Turpington, who um, some thought he's he's, he's going to be out of his depth immediately, mm, mm. Uh, uh, and because, others thought it would take more like half an hour or so. Yeah, 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 yeah. And in the and way they were both right. In the way they were both right. Yeah, they, because within what within with within twenty minutes of 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 being hired as the director of Tumblr's, the the biggest institution in in uh, England, in, uh, in in all of the aisles. How many aisles are there at this point? Others, uh, the aisle. Sorry, the aisles of the United States of Great Britain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. I, I, there's about thirty or forty, depending on that many. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, it can be depending on barometric. Well, mm, here's a question pressure. for you. How many how many televised episodes have mm. there been of oh. Tumblr's Willie? Oh, well, t- televised episodes is like about 12,000 now. Mhm. Uh mm-hmm. ra- ra- really? ra- yeah, radio episodes there were 10 and then, and then there was the 50 year everything which was uncountable really because it's a granular thing. Mm. So mm. Uh, uh, billions, I suppose, it, in some ways. It's way. hard yeah. to yeah. wrap one's <laughs> mind around. I it got, is hard. I gotta say, billions yeah. of episodes. There doesn't seem to be any way to watch this show. I'm starting to wonder, like, wh- how could an American who wants to see Tumblr's Willie actually yeah. see this show? Is oh, you there a of... way to watch this show? Well, you. H- how much is a flight to Canada these days? All right, so it Great is question. still. If I get on an Air Canada flight to Winnipeg today, I could see Tumblr's really right can't, now. I, I, I don't know. Sorry, I don't know for what? sure what the situation with Air Canada right, is. I, so now, I shouldn't. I, I'm, I, I, who, who did we book these gentlemen through? Because I'm starting uh, to wonder. That's a great question. If now, there's and, even a well, way for me, I'm very frustrated because well, I, uh, I want to see Tumblr's Willie, and now I feel like it's being denied to American oh, audiences. I, I, gosh, I'm so sorry. You've become the story suddenly. You, you and your frustration. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, but it's in a way, Andy, isn't exactly. this so tumblers? I mean, this is really this is so, this this, is so tumblers. Yeah, yeah. I feel. Z, I don't know what that means. I've, I've barely mm. yes, even and that's learned anything. Well. I've barely even learned anything about. We learned a wow. lot. Yeah. No, we learned. I, a I, lot. I don't know. Gosh, I just I, don't trust any of it. Really? I, I, 
I am dubious I, about several things I've heard, but if oh. people want to learn more about the enigma yeah. that is Tumblr's Willie, well, uh, Andy and Andy, can you tell us where they can hear uh, the both of you pontificate on Tumblr's Willie? Mm, I think pontificate is not too strong a word. I um, Well, this is why we wanted to do the show. It's the Tumblr's Willie podcast. It's available through our lovely friends at Starburns, who you may be familiar with, gentlemen. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Oh, so now, so now you believe me. <laughs> so you could. They have a website. You don't have right. to take an international flight. You can. They don't yeah, give. Right. They don't give websites to just anyone. So but, we are legit. They don't. You got That's right. right. You got to so, be legit. Yeah. Yeah. So where, wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it be on Apple, Spotify, or the other ones that I should know and don't. Mm. Uh, Andy Bobrow. Andy Stanton, thank you for taking the time and just uh, wetting our appetites mm-hmm. about Tumblr's Willie uh, and the Tumblr's Willie podcast. What an enigma. Thank you for being here, gentlemen. Yeah, thank you for, for having us. People agreed to be on the show, even with how I verbally abuse you all the time. Yes, yes. That's a miracle. Uh, That's well, thank you surprising. for copping to thank you for copping to that. Lon, uh, we both watched some, if not all, of the available episodes of Shining Girls on yeah. Apple TV+. Plus. Shining yeah, Girls. Did. And would it be fair, Lon, you, you, I, you are uh, a, a glossary, an index of, uh, of, of terms. Would it be fair to call this a bit of a mystery box kind of show? Yes, I think I think for sure, and I, yeah. you know, it, it, it's sort of it's sort of straddling the line early on in some ways between more of a kind of character study and a puzzle box, you know, in the puzzle same way box. that I think, mm-hmm. as the same way that I think, uh, Outer Range kind of had like one foot in the Yellowstone world and one foot in the Lost world. I feel like this one kind of does the same thing, but it's more of a recovery trauma survivor story yes. mixed with a puzzle box, but. Yeah, it, by the most recent episodes, it's it is very much just a like, oh, what's going on here with this sci-fi premise? And uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's it's interesting. I think this would, I think it would be a lot more appealing in a world where everything wasn't about the multiverse right now. Yeah, that's that is a good point because we, I feel like we're we're reaching critical mass in regards to multiverse related content it's very trendy you've had the indie take on it with everything everywhere all at once you've had the marvel universe and you've had rick and morty just bend it inside and out and back again so uh we we we're we're in a golden age of well, I guess, but it, 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 there's a similarity to a lot of the insights and observations over time. Like, how many different themes are there that go along with that? Like the idea that, you know, there's all these other versions of you and that there's like, are your choices your own or are you a product of these different environments? And, and the, the show is sort of playing around with the same thing. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. There's one aspect of this show that I think. First, let's give everyone. Uh, do you want to give people uh, just a, a yeah? A I'll, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll give the summary. Uh so Elizabeth Moss, she is a survivor of this brutal attack, along with, uh, she she works as an archivist at the Chicago Sun-Times in the 1990s. And she's working along with a journalist who's Wagner Mora, who was, uh, he was in Narcos, he was yes. Escobar, Pablo Escobar in Narcos. He's been in a bunch of other stuff, but this really great Brazilian yeah. actor. He's playing a, a sort of alcoholic down and out reporter who works for the Sun-Times, and they're kind of working together 
piecing together an investigation of the man who attacked her, who apparently has been attacking and murdering other women for many, going back many, many years. And as the investigation continues, two things begin to happen. It begins to become clear that this killer has some sort of ability. He's able to move across eras. He's able to stalk these women for a ridiculously long amount of time. And the crimes happen over the course of many, many years, all spread apart. And even even potentially something supernatural. Like he seems to have the ability to move unchanged between different times, places, worlds, what have you. He's played by Jamie Bell, the Billy Elliot, if you'll recall. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, so so we're, we're sort of in this, in this, and the other thing that starts to happen during the course of the investigation is that Elizabeth Moss herself seems to become almost unstuck in time and space. Mm-hmm. That she'll wake up one morning and one detail about her daily life is is different. She's got a different haircut. She was living alone and now she's living with somebody. She had a pet that was a dog and now it's a cat. Those kinds of changes. So something having to do with sliding through realities and universes while she's investigating this other man who seems to have this ability as well and is using it for dark purposes. That's your basic premise. The one thing I was going to say that I think gives this a little a little bit of something new is this idea of Elizabeth Moss moving between universes and she can't help it. She doesn't know when it's going to happen. She doesn't have control over it. And she doesn't know what new reality she's finding herself in. So she's got her life to lead, but she's got to be constantly rolling with the punches when things change around her because she can't just say like, you know, if a guy shows up and he's her boyfriend now and she didn't have a boyfriend in the other universe, she can't just say, who are you? I don't know you. You're not my boyfriend. Well, now she sounds crazy. Because she's in a universe where he's been her boyfriend for years, right? So like walking walking in to uh, see your boyfriend or husband and just being shocked. I don't know this person, or I'm not. What is my coworker doing in right. my home? Oh, you're my wife, and I, husband. Yeah. And I think Elizabeth Moss is very good at playing that, and it's that's something we haven't seen. You know, that doesn't happen in like Loki. He's aware of moving between universes, right? Uh, so that that helped. Having said that. It, it does feel like they, they've got a similar premise that a lot of other things right now have and that it is cutting against them a little bit. Yeah, um, I I enjoyed it though. I mean, Elizabeth Moss has essentially cornered the market on looking pained and overwrought because she has experienced trauma. I mean, this, <laughs> The Handmaid's Tale, and she's very good at it. And for good reason, she's looking like pained and experiencing trauma because these shows are fraught with trauma. Uh, but I, I, she's very, she's such a compelling protagonist. I really like her in this as this character. Uh, she's uh, like extremely convincing and uh a strong focal point of the show. And then right now, even though we have experienced a deluge of multiverse content, I found this, uh, like, what is the, what are the, the details and the ramifications behind the conceit of this show? How does it work? I'm interested. It's, it's a, it's a, it really is a bit of a mishmash combination of things, but it 
all sets together well. Uh, and like it, it pull it, I, I, I am sucked in. I've only watched two episodes so far, but, uh, I feel like, uh, like I'm really intrigued and it's, and it's not light content. It, as we said, it's very heavy. It's about this guy who, uh, commits brutal acts and, but the mystery part of it, I think you, you mentioned outer range. I think this balances this kind of police procedural type show and supernatural a little bit better, a little be a bit more deftly procedural. than yeah, journalism, uh, a little more deftly than outer range. And yeah, I, I would recommend it. All right, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, you know, it it, it it is it 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 is living in that world. So, I mean, a lot of it, I think, is up to how does it tie everything together. It's based on a novel, so rather than something like Outer Range, I feel like it's going to wrap up. Like we've got an endpoint in sight, and this story will conclude. I could be wrong about that, but that's the sense I get from the way that it's sort of coming together, and the fact that it's based on a book. So we'll we'll see. Shining Girls. It's available on Apple TV Plus. Uh, it's worth checking out if you like that combination of things that we were talking about. We also watched something quite a bit lighter. I love that for you, which is airing on Showtime currently. Uh, Lon, I like this show a lot more than you did. Ugh. I think there's a lot of funny people on this show. True. Like Jennifer Lewis is playing... Jennifer Lewis is the boss. It's set at a QVC-type home shopping network. Mm -hmm. uh, Jennifer Lewis is very funny as the woman who runs the network. Um, but the, 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 the show revolves around Vanessa Bayer, who I think is funny. I like her on SNL. I like her and I think you should leave. I've seen her mm -hmm. in many things. I think she's a funny person. The, the, the premise is that she is desperate to work at this home shopping network. She had cancer as a little girl, and what got her through the tough times as a child was watching this network. Her hero, Molly Shannon, who is still a host on there and was a host when she was growing up. And, and so her dream has been to work there and host a show. And she grows up. She gets an audition. It's remarkably easy. She just literally opens the paper. and It's like, audition for your dream job. And then she goes and then she gets it. It's like barely even a show. Uh, so she gets this job. And literally every single scene is the same beat. The, the beat is Vanessa Bayer is an idiot and everybody realizes it. And then she tells a lie to try to cover, and nobody believes her because she's a terrible liar, but rather than back out, she just keeps digging herself deeper. And it's it's literally the only joke. She does it in every single scene. It's the way every interaction ends. And I got, within 10 minutes of the first episode, I was like, I literally can't believe the entire show is this beat. They have to stop doing this beat. I watched the first two episodes, an hour in total, they never stop doing the beat. The beat is the beat is the show. You see, I think they've mastered this beat and they give it to you in different flavors and there are disingenuous people, there's lying all over the place. Can there, we I, can we stop? Can we just pause for a moment? Yeah. I'll let you speak, I promise. Okay. But, so you're just to clarify you agree with me that this entire show is based around the same joke over and over again. No, I would say it's uh, it's it's you you basically just said it that it's the same beat, but they flavor, they pepper in. This time it's a little spicy. This time it's a little bittersweet. But it's the same joke over and over again. Listen, I 
I think you, what you said is an oversimplification, but it's not wholly it's and true. completely untrue. The prosecution rests. Okay. Th- that being said, Vanessa Bayer, Molly Shannon, and the rest of the people they cast as the vapid, empty suit buffoons on this show are so good. Like, if you want to see smarmy people being gross in an amazingly funny way, it's it's great. Who uh, wants to see that? Vanessa Bayer and Molly <laughs> Shannon. Want to see smarmy people being gross? N- no? Uh, you know what? There's such a thing, uh, Lon, as characters we love to hate. Characters <laughs> who are just delicious in just how saccharine they are. And it's like, oh, this person in real life would be horrible. But on TV, pretty good. Have you ever heard of a show called Succession? That's a show that I like very much. I would hate every one of those people in real life. On my television. Oh, but, but they're fun to spend time around. Yeah. Like, I'm not, they're not good people on Succession, but they're funny. They're clever, yes. right? Um, Vanessa Bayer. Yeah, they're Molly not clever Shannon and funny on this. They're just Jennifer awful. Lewis and the rest of the cast here are a delight. They, they, like their comedic powers are firing on all cylinders, Lon. Vanessa Bayer. They're just all the kind wh- of playing the same role. Oh my god! It's like it's every scene is the same. Uh, it, it's not. It's, it's like not. they're all they're all superficial. They're all image obsessed. They're all branding. They're all yes, s- empty ciphers. Yes. Th- it's this totally absolutely. superficial, stupid world. It is a super- they don't respect yes. the people they're selling to. You are, yes, you're absolutely right. And but that, come on, but how 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 is that new information about home shopping? This is the lowest hanging fruit in comedy. Th- this kind. Oh, home shopping is vapid and kind of superficial. Have we had a, a home shopping show like this before? Well, I think I mean I mean there there have been sort of I think there are shows that have at least been around that world, but there's probably been like SNL sketches and stuff like that. But like, but I think the reason for that would be that we all kind of know there is like we all kind of know the tropes around home shopping. Like, no, but it's not like you're taking down a thing that is very esteemed and respected in American life. Like, who who watches home shopping? It like give me the give me the stereotype. You know it. Midwest moms, and and and, and the, is that exactly what the show is about? I mean, selling how they're to fleecing them. Midwest moms, exactly. Yeah, selling to. There's them. no surprise here. It's exactly what you think it's going to be. When I'm like, it's a satire. It's a send up of home shopping. You're like, you know, okay, it's cheap, crappy merchandise, and they're giving people the hard sell, and they're playing on their See, emotions, you- and they're manipulating them, and. It's like we've seen all of this a million friggin' times. And it's okay, just let, me, so let, me compa- let me compare it to this. So I find Vanessa Bayer and Molly Shannon to be just insanely funny in this show. You've what, what is the Hulk? What does the Incredible Hulk do? He smashes. If the Hulk is in a new movie, are you going to go see it? Would you go see a Hulk movie? You probably would. But you know what he's going to do? He's going to smash it. We we know. We've seen. We've seen. If you go to it, we you and I went to a Michael Bay movie. Is stuff going to blow up? Yes. Here are are people going to be smarmy and like man, man, manipulative in this world? But how? Yes. But what Those I'm are, saying is you compared this to action v- films. Vanessa this is Bayer. A comedy. 
You can't tell this. You can't. Yes, you can. Action, because like you're saying, you know this you're saying action films are going to be filled with action. Comedy films are going to be filled with the same joke over and over again. The Hulk is so good at smashing. And I'm saying Vanessa Bayer and Molly Shannon. The Hulk also is also a scientist. He's, that's a, you're only describing one half of the story. Vanessa Bayer doesn't go home and be smart and tell the truth. She doesn't go home and say smart things and tell the truth. She lies to everybody. Oh, no, she does tell she does the, the truth. Same. And with her parents, uh, she does. But talk she lies about to the that. She truth. the opening scene is her lying to the nurses at the hospital to get their cookie cake. Yeah, not the her whole parents, bit though. is the whole bit is she says whatever she needs to in the moment to get what she wants. And even though she's utterly transparent about it, she refuses to give it up because there's something wrong with her. Folks, and so, trust me. It's just Ron a Tim Robinson bit, but I think this. you should leave his sketches. And this is trying to invest you in this world. And it's like, oh, my God, enough. Enough already. Some of the... Oh, th- no, these, I, 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 uh, I didn't. This isn't my name tag. I, uh, I brought this from home. I make my own name Some tags. Of the dances I make my own name tags in my room. I got a machine that makes Vanessa name tags that I put it in my room. Navigates how Vanessa Bayer navigates these conversations. It's unbelievable how surprisingly delightful it is every time. Right. How well, she finds you can keep new saying ways. Positive adjectives over and over again, but it doesn't change anything. It's delightful. It's effervescent, folks. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the specific of the show, how her word salad can be so much fun to watch her slip in and out of these conversations in these awkward ways. She finds new levels to top herself in regards to the awkwardness. Uh, th- this show- but It's just the it's, same thing. It's just the same thing. It's very funny. Uh, the actors are so good. And it's a world that- I don't feel like we've completely seen a mirror held up to before and explored in the way it is here. And it's absolutely worth checking out. I love that for you. It's on Showtime. I hate it for you. Check it out. Oh, what a, what a good time. Very funny. I will keep watching. Lon, that's all the time we have for shows and conversations, etc. Uh, I want to thank- And not a moment too soon. Yes. Still uh, mad. Still mad about that. Uh, I love that for you. Oh, what a good show. Hoot hoot, Owl Nation. Uh, where are my gahooligans at? Thank you, Starburns Audio. Thank you, Travis Reeves, for producing this podcast. Thank you, Jason K for our opening theme song. Lon, tell them where they can find you. Uh, find me on Twitter at L-O-N-S. That's the best place to follow everything I'm working on. Uh, you should also check out Inside, inside.com slash streaming. I write streaming updates every day. You can follow all of my thoughts there uh, in written form as opposed to shouted. There you go. And how much does that cost? Free. That's free, baby. Yes. Oh, the best. That's the best part. Uh, no, it's the second best part. The information held therein is the best thank, part. Thank you, Hal. Yes. You know what? Thank you, Hal. I appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. And you can find me at Hal Rutnick on Twitter and Instagram. Come on by. Say hi. Stay a while. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye now. Bitch boys, bitch boys. Bitch boys, bitch boys. Bitch boys, bitch boys.